I'm Michael. I'm Jesse. And I'm Al. That's Al. Passion Fruit Podcast. Hi, I'm Michael New. I'm an actor, producer, writer, and I got a background in engineering. Hey, I'm Jesse Maddox. I'm an editor, musician, and owner of the best studio in Bangkok. This is a show about people who are passionate about the fruits of their labor. Welcome to Passion Fruit. So our guest today, Al Codulo, is a really good friend of mine. He is an editor, cameraman, director, and probably the premier guy working on 360 and VR technology and media in Thailand, possibly Asia. That's right. I just got. Okay. I just took the headset off my head right now, and it's pretty amazing. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you for having me here. This is looking forward to this. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So we start out with this question on most of our episodes that we remember. What's your passion? Storytelling. Visual storytelling, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Um, I've been doing it for going on 38 years, uh, doing everything from video walls to LED walls to film, digital, HD, 3D, 4K, and now 360 and 180 and what we actually it's now starting what we're starting to call it is rather than trying to say 360 or 180 it's just a general statement of immersive video Mm. and immersive storytelling which is very different from any other kind of storytelling to be quite honest well that's the weird thing is that i mean i i even had the uh a brush almost encounter with working with with al and uh, through another client and then they were kind of asking me to ask al how we uh, how much for 360, 2D, 3R, VDR? And, and, they, and they had no idea what they were talking yes, about. Yes, yes. And that's, that's it seems the that's the problem. The people, between 360, VR, 180, uh, people just don't really understand what is what. Yeah. You know, and this goes, and this isn't any, really anything new. Um, it's been this way with every technology. Uh, whenever a new technology comes out, I always feel that with clients, my number one job is to educate them, to explain to them what it is that they're, that, they, I try and find out what they really want, right. what their end, end game is, right. and then I tell them, okay, the technology that I think is going to be best for you is this. And with 360, there's just now more choices right. uh, because you do. You have 2D and 3D for 360. 180 pretty much is only 3D. Right. Uh, but yet when you look at these on the most common denominator as being a smartphone because that's what everybody is looking at everything at. Um, in fact, I just got certified certified by Facebook as a as a content creator for Facebook ads. Oh wow, cool! Which well, is kind of kinda a, that's, cool. That's a step. Isn't that's that's a, a step. step. It's, it's, it's step. pretty. It's pretty cool. I've been working with Facebook for quite a bit now, so it's it's actually very cool. But what you start to do is they they teach you how to create mobile ads, which is totally different than doing a regular ad. And so the idea now is, you know, if you have 360 or if you have 180, both of them just present themselves as being 2D video with a little bit of the ability to be able to either swipe or turn around in your chair or, you know, look at look at all around you. But when you put on a headset, that's where you get the premium experience. That's where all of a sudden, like you just experienced, Jesse, you get 3D. And all of a sudden you're going, oh man, oh wow, oh, you know, this is so, you know, I, he just found the love of his life. I really did. 3D, <laughs> I really know? did. Hello, dear. Yeah, this is VR 180. I like her. Hi. That's the whole idea. Let's, I mean, Wait till she starts playing to you in the camera. Oh, wow. Uh, I come closer. Yeah! <laughs> yes, dear. Yeah. And see, I'm kind of used to technology and things like this 
but it's still, I catch myself like caught <laughs> in her eyes. So, I mean, that's, that's the difference is you've got a medium that you're actually able to give them two mediums in one. You're able to give them something that works in all platforms, whether they're looking at it on a smartphone, on a PC, on a TV, doesn't matter how they see it. But when they put on that headset, all of a sudden they're experiencing what we, what we call the premium experience, the full immersion right. into the environment. Right. Right. So you, you mentioned that Facebook was talking about the difference between TV commercials and mobile commercials. Mm -hmm. what, what would you say the major differences are? Well, and this is very interesting. You know, we used to hear, you know, that you want to get your message across. You want to get your brand out there. You want your logo up there as quick as possible with a regular ad. Um, it's even crazier and faster. The general idea is that within three seconds, you want to have your logo somewhere up there. But maybe you're not going to put it full on the screen. Excuse me, maybe you're going to do slates mm. to where you're going to have three images in one on, on the screen so that you're compressing right. all of your information to bring down an ad to 10 to 30 seconds maximum. Now, is that because, because people skip the commercials Exactly. Often? But uh, actually, what it is is, you know, I, when you pick up your phone and you start running through the Facebook videos and you're, you're just scrolling through, what catches your eye is something that grabs you fast. So, for instance, you know, with the, the young lady dancing, mm. if you've got her looking straight into the camera, it doesn't matter where it's 2D or 3D, she's going to catch your attention. Yeah. So you would want to put that up in the first three seconds. So, you know, depending upon what, what it is that you're trying to sell in the ad, you want to get that main point out there. You want to grab them and make them watch the video. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's the difference is you have less time to do it in now. And they've got all the analytics to back that up that show that people, if you don't grab them within the first three seconds, you've lost them. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy in yeah. some ways, but it is the, it's the reality of what we're dealing with when we're talking about Facebook ads. Yeah. And they show, you know, they show the difference between regular ads, which are till, still totally viable. But what this means in some ways is that you need to explain to the client that they can't just do one ad. They need to do one ad for normal. They need to do one ad for Facebook. Uh, they need to maybe even do something a little different for Instagram. Yeah. So it's it's now become so diverse, and it's more of a of a, a challenge to grab the viewer's attention and hold them, wow. and sell the product. So I've had the opportunity to work with you a few times now on, yes. on some different projects and for everybody watching right now if you haven't tried on the oculus or one of the virtual reality goggles i i think it's difficult to understand just how far the technologies come in the last three years yes uh, and that's that was one of the reasons why i wanted jesse to have a look at it before we we really yeah. got into this because i wanted him to have a frame of reference oh i saw some nip oh there's nip there's a, a little slip actually uh -huh. it's just an areola slip not, right, slip. Right. not a nip but that was good enough for me <laughs> everybody that puts on the headset goes wow now i get it um and the problem is is that in the past before the oculus go came out you had the oculus rift and you had the vive uh, but you had to have them connected to pretty expensive yeah. high-end PC computers in order to be able to do anything with them. And that was really kind of a turnoff. Then the Oculus Go came out at a price point of $200. I mean, my God, we spend more than that on a phone, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. So to have a headset that does everything that your phone does, it, you can even make phone calls 
because it's got Wi-Fi. You can do conference can you do, calls. Can, can you do a video? Like a, a, yes, a, you oh can get God. into Oculus Rooms. And so I've, awesome. already done, yeah. I've already done meetings in Oculus Rooms where I had a meeting with a guy in Japan. And you're all, you're all and there. then I showed him examples in the room. We were we we were in avatars, uh, but we were able to go into the uh, the photosphere. And inside the photosphere, it's not just photos, but it's videos. So you go in there, and you can you're in the middle of a 360 video, and then you step back out of it, and you transport back out of it, and then you're in this kind of like very cool looking you know apartment that you're in that that you've designed yourself, and you're able to you know interact. Mm-hmm. And what's great about it is, is that, you know, as long as you've got a stable Wi-Fi connection, which is getting better and better, you don't have any breaks, you don't have any eruptions, the the audio quality is fantastic, and you do have something to interact with. I mean, it's not like, you know, a hologram, but yet, tell you what, within three years, that'll be here. It's Matrix-ish. Yeah, very much. Very so much. I notice you've got a, an earring here which says 3D. Actually, I've had that for a very long time. That was a gift to my, that was custom made by a friend in New York um, uh, when I got into 3D stereoscopic about seven or eight years ago. I've actually been doing 3D stereoscopic for about 20 years. So 3D's been along, around for a lot longer than most people it's been realize. It's around, around a lot longer than what I've been around and you've been around. Yeah. Jesse, tell me, when do you think 3D stereoscopic got its start? I mean, I could say that I remember when I was a young boy in New York City with my father and sister, and there was this kind of like a 3D display festival thing where you could go in from thing to, and it was like at the most earliest, you know, and I was about, I don't know, maybe like 13 at the time. So, the, and I don't know if 3D stereoscopic, as you're saying, is mm-hmm. exactly in the line of where what, what I was witnessing. But it was it was kind of VR slash 3D slash stuff right. uh, being in display. Now, so, when was that though? So let's say if I'm 35, so 25, 50, maybe about uh, 22, 22 years ago. Okay, what would you say if I told you that if you went to the Library of Congress, you would be able to look at the largest collection of 3D stereoscopic still images in the world, and they were all from the Civil War in the 1850s. I wouldn't have guessed Civil War. I might have been like the the 50s, the 60s. Yeah, well, it was the 50s, all right, but it was the 1850s. (laughs) There are pictures of Lincoln and uh, Ulysses S. Grant, and um, I've even seen George S. Custer in, in 3D. And actually, Michael, when we were doing the Roaring Twenties thing and we were at uh, Papaya Studios, there was uh, kind of the remnants. It was kind of very old and falling apart, but there was a stereograph there. And uh, the Wheaton stereoscope was invented back in that day. And basically, it, you, you probably have even seen it in old movies that were depicted around the Civil War time because they were popular. It was how people looked at pictures at that time. Wow. And it looked kind of like a binocular kind of thing with a shading that you would hold up to your eyes. And then a certain distance away would be you'd stick a card. And that card had two sides to it, and it was two lenses. And so just like your eyes, it was taking an image from slightly different perspectives. And then when your brain sees those slightly different perspectives in the image, it fuses it together and it creates the appearance of depth. That's how 3D stereoscopic works. Wow. Then as you fast forward in the 1910s, uh, it was 1920 when actually the very first 3D stereoscopic movie came out. No wow. way. 
What? No what, way. What was it? Was it was. It was very simple. It was very much like uh, the Avengers. Like, well, it was kind of yeah, really. It was like it was very much like the Lumiere brothers with the train. They okay. did. They did something along that line to where when people would wear wear the glasses, and basically this was anaglyph glasses, the red the red cyan glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would, you know, you would get this feeling of death. Pandemonium. People were just throwing their popcorn. Oh, it was crazy. And then the 1950s were actually what's considered the golden age at this point of 3D stereoscopic. There are some very famous movies that I will bet you, you do not, did not know were done in 3D stereoscopic. Citizen Kane. No, that that was before. How about... That was 40s, right? North by Northwest with Harry Grant. Okay. How about Topaz? Huh. Alfred Hitchcock. Both Alfred Hitchcock movies. They were shot in 3D. How about Hondo with John Wayne? Okay. Really? These were all shot in House of Wax with Vincent Price. Was actually shot as a 3D stereoscopic movie. Did they shoot two versions back to back, or did they just use one of the lenses? They did. They basically they, they just did one of. I believe with most of those, they just used one of the lenses because the the 3D stereoscopic camera. There's this picture of what they used. Hitchcock is standing next to it, and one of the technicians was inside it huh. because it was wow. so big. Wow. Because the lenses were much bigger and the cameras were much bigger, um, so that was really you know the heyday of 3D stereoscopic, but unfortunately it was all with the red-blue anaglyph glasses, which if you watch things with that for too long in color, black and white it was okay, but with color you kind of get a headache because it's it's shifting the colors because reds look black because it cancels out. Um, So it didn't really work very well. Fast forward to the 60s and uh, there was a man named Lenny Lipton who wrote Puff the Magic Dragon and made a great deal of money with Puff the Magic Dragon. Well, one of the things that Lenny Lipton also accomplished was that he created passive 3D using polarized lenses. And he was the, he, what is now called Real D, which he now is actually part of Real D, but he created what became Real D later on. He created basically passive 3D glasses. So that's what we and wear when we go to the cinema, right? Right. And well, that's actually one of three different types that are used in the oh. cinema. Um, with passive, what you're getting is half the field is the left eye, the other half is the right eye, and so it alternates back and forth. Mm. So in in reality, you do combine and get the full resolution. Some people would say it's only half resolution. So when when 3D came out with TVs around the time of Avatar. Um, they came out with active shutter. And active shutter would show one whole field in, um, in, of the left and one whole of the right, and full, full image rather than just half fields. Sure. And then the glasses actually had batteries in them and they would quickly sh- shutter back and forth between the left and the right and produce the 3D effect. Wow. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Um, I'm really a 3D historian, actually. I mean, for real. I mean, I, I don't even need to ask questions. You can just keep it going. I'm I just. Mean, be, I'm, I'm in class right now. I'm in class. It's very, very cool. And when you know, the biggest problem that we had when 3D TV came around, I was very lucky. I got into it early because I'd been doing it before as a hobby. And then when 3D t- TV came works. around, I said, "Oh, this is going to be fantastic!" And I started doing travel and documentary shows here in Thailand. And I actually did 24 half-hour TV shows that at one point were being seen in 65 countries around the world. And uh, according to my distributor, 
uh, I was the most successful independent 3D producer in the world um, because I really had, I mean, I even did underwater, I was the first underwater 3D done in Thailand. And that, that went, that got picked up by Samsung for outrageous amounts. So how do you shoot underwater? Do you need like some kind of a, a glow? I had like a, a glass? custom underwater that was made for, I was also a consultant for Panasonic. And so I had the, 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 the first professional uh, 3D camera from them, the 3D A1, and a company named Gates Underwater, which is worldwide famous for their underwater housings, actually created a special underwater housing. It was just gargantuan. It was like 80 pounds. Sure. Uh, and they sent that over to me, and I shot down in uh, down around Phuket, out mm. into the Andaman Sea, and we got some just amazing shots. We, we did like three days of shooting underwater. Was that and your was first time doing that as well? Uh, yeah, basically, as far as the underwater, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just amazing. And then actually when we came back, we got special permission, thanks to some friends of mine uh, here, we actually got to jump in the shark tank at uh, Siam Ocean nice. World, oh, cool. and we shot the sharks in 3D. Wow. And that was pretty special. So you touched on an interesting point there. What brought you to, to Bangkok, of all places? An airplane. No, I came here 17 years ago on a, on a vacation and um, uh, for some very personal reasons, and um, I fell in love with the country. Uh, fell in love with the people, and I've been here ever since. I've been here now for 17 years. And what do you say you enjoy most about being in well, Thailand and Bangkok? Ah, there's so much. The, I, I, I love the people. I love the, I love the culture. I love the society. Uh, I, you know, I really like the fact that Thailand is not like the U.S. It's not... I hear the, you. I don't know exactly, you know, how to say it, but it's... I mean, I left the U.S., because I needed something some something so different than yeah. the US. Yeah. To put it in in, in Thailand was exactly like you said Thailand was so different. Yes. That it, that it, that it, I achieved my goal to find something very different. And actually with my business in the states I had done I, I had traveled all over the country. I had traveled I'd done international traveling as well. I did video walls uh, where basically you're sticking monitors on top of each other and they make one big wall or a bunch of little ones. I did huge installation for the MGM Grand behind their front desk, which at one time was the largest video wall in the world. Uh, I did the, uh, the, uh, uh, I did the Grammys. I did the, um, uh, I, I did the Academy Awards, one of the last years that it was at the Shrine Auditorium uh, for the pre-show. So all of the celebrities walked in underneath my wall. Um, so I got to do some amazing things in the States. And you know, I kind of got to the point where I'd done so much, I wanted something new, too. Mm. And coming here, uh, I certainly wasn't going to try and drag a bunch of video walls here because at the time, the customs charges would have been unreal. Yeah. Um, but it was very easy to go ahead and bring my HD cameras with me. And at the time, they were still shooting SD here. So I kind of, I was always been that guy that's ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe you either lead the charge or you get somewhere in the rear behind. So yeah. I'd rather do it before everybody else. And with 360, I've been very, very lucky. Um, uh, in the last uh, two years, I've done tremendous amount of traveling and teaching, uh, doing 360 workshops and panels uh, in the US, in, uh, uh, let's see, US, Vietnam, uh, Japan, China, um, Singapore, 
Cambodia. I mean, I've gone so many different places teaching 360 uh, that it's been a tremendous experience for me. And it's, 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 that also helps with me being able to get to work with some amazing people and do some amazing things. I mean, that's cool too. Cause I mean, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you're, you're leading the, the, you're in the forefront of all this, but you're still also teaching other people to get into it. So you're not, you're, you're, in, I mean, one, someone who's greedy might even think like, no, I don't want to teach people. Uh, oh yeah, no, believe me. When yeah. early, early on, I, I actually went for some additional training because I, uh, some of the, some of the stitching uh, for putting together, when you're working with, you know, like six to 20 cameras and you have to stitch the image together and, and get rid of those seam lines, I felt like I needed a little bit more. So I went to England and I, I studied with a guy and nice guy, really liked him. But the fact of the matter was, he felt his attitude was you can't teach them everything because then they'll be better than you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Then why are you being a teacher? Right. Uh, my feeling is, is that I'd rather work with people who have the potential to be better than me yeah. because they bring up my game. They make me be better than what I am. I actually got yelled at uh, online by someone who said, you shouldn't be telling people that. That's a secret. Oh. And I'm like, what? I, it's just total rubbish. Yeah. Total rubbish. Yeah. It's like you share your knowledge and everybody benefits. And you know what? Somebody else is going to figure out something else that you didn't. That's right. You're and so everybody grows from that. And it only works if you're sharing. That's what education is. And not that's what it's all about. As you're teaching, there's going to be new things that everyone needs to learn. So, you know, you're still learning on your own. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, at some point, there's going to be, all of it's going to be old news. Anyway. Yeah, so, that's right. I mean, I mean, I'm very lucky that I have positioned myself in a point where I'm also doing a lot of beta testing for new equipment that I can't even tell you about. New equipment, uh, new software. And to show you how in 17 years things have changed, when I first started going back to the US after a couple of years here, I went to the CES show, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And I'm also a tech journalist. So I do reporting and, and, and write stories and do reviews. And I went back and I would tell people, yeah, I'm, I, you know, i I, my, I have an office here in Vegas, but my, you know, I'm really mostly in Bangkok. And they go, oh, really? And they kind of like shut me out. And then like two years later, I went back and I'd say, you know, I'd say the same thing. And I actually got to the point where I really didn't care anymore. And I said, you know, my main office is in Bangkok, but I do have a place here if you rather send it to this office. Really? You're in Bangkok? What is that like? That's so cool. You're a digital nomad. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I guess I was a digital nomad before it was even called yeah. being a digital nomad. <laughs> before and, it was hip. And now right. I've got people like Google and, um, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, GoPro and a mm. bunch of people that are sending me equipment here. And it's not the hassle like we used to see before. There's no, there's no pushback anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not getting as much. If I was in the States, I would have a ton of equipment I'd be, I'd be working with. Mm -hmm. But I'm still getting them to send it here because they realize the value of me working on it rather than somebody else. And they realize, also realize the value of being able to shoot in a place like Thailand mm -hmm. and get images here that are not the kind of images they're going to have For when sure. they do stuff in the States. So I know there's some things you can't talk about, but what can we expect for the future of virtual reality and and the forefront of what you think you'll be working on in, I don't know, three well, or four years? The cameras are getting better and better. Uh, you know, I have to tell you. And smaller and smaller. And smaller and smaller. Uh, and some of them are bigger and bigger. I mean, 
uh, Red and Facebook just combined together and they just announced a 16 camera, 16 lenses. Damn. And each one of them. No big deal. Each one of them, and it's a globe, so it's like about the size of a beach, a big beach ball. Um, and it's each one of those are shooting 8K. <laughs> That's literally laughable. Now, can That's you insane. imagine no. the size of the final file with 16, and that does 3D as well. One frame. <laughs> yeah, you need a supercomputer to run that. Like, that's Pretty it. much, pretty much. Uh, you're definitely working in proxies, you know, which anybody who works with video understands what, what proxies are. You, shoot, you do proxies, which are like a lower uh, resolution version because your yeah, computer yeah. isn't fast mm, enough right, to be right. able to process the full version. I mean, is there, are, they trying to, are they trying to come up with new compression and codec? Yes, as well? yes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is still in development. They just revealed that at F8 which is the big um, uh, Facebook, actually it was at Connect 5, which is the big Oculus uh, convention that they have. But, you know, it's cumbersome right now and it's not perfect. But as things progress, that's what you're gonna have. You're gonna be able to be in an environment, not just feel like you're there because of the 3D nature. You're gonna be, you're, you're gonna look down and you're gonna see that floor of that where you are. And you're going to be able to walk around in that environment. Amazing. That's what's going to come. But it's going to take time. And the headsets have got to get better. And like I said, the Santa Cruz is going to have what we call inside-out tracking. It's going to have four sensors built into the headset at each corner, one at each corner. And that will give you the ability to move around and walk around in a room and not run into things because there'll be a guardian system where you'll get like this blue overlay that comes up inside your headset that says, oh, I'm about to hit this it's table. Like you're putting your car in reverse and it's got the... Exactly. You know, whatever, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there, the advances that are coming are just out of this world. Sure. And I mean, there are so many ways that VR is being used now in the medical profession. Uh, you know, they're, they're teaching... Doctors are using uh, uh, XR, which is basically a combination of AR and VR where they're able to do mock operations with this headset on. Um, there are firefighters. I have a friend in England who's working with firefighters and he's creating apps where firefighters can train how to go ahead and put out fires and, and also do forensic inspection afterwards using the headset. Well, what's, what's, what, what we're really all thinking about is when you start attaching sense, sense. That's here already as well. Like, well, like, That's I, here already no, actually, can you bust have, a nut? They have, they have actually to, yes. They have. I saw, I saw some. Uh, I mean, I know you can get a machine, or you can get like a smelling thing, or a tape. I, I mean, saw some. The smelling uh, thing has never worked out really well because to artificially create smells, they actually had smell o vision back in the fifties. I knew, I knew about that, but had, I actually saw it. a video of this Asian engineer who built a machine that would move at the same speed as the, the girl in the So Okay, so here's, here's yes. my thing, that, but that's still kind of a In physical. Japan, they have whole outfits that you wear and then you put on the headset and it's for personal enjoyment, let's call it. It's a brave new world. Yes. Um, but, is a, you know. Cogs are turning in Jesse's head. There are so many, what? I mean, there's what? so what? many things. already? There are oh. so many things. And that's why the, the idea of like what Michael and I did with Senseless, we created a three minute very scary horror piece in 180 VR. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we, the VR has been called the empathy machine. And that's the reason why. When you looked at it, you felt like you could almost reach out and touch the girl. Sure. 
you know, you felt like she was really interacting with you, especially yeah. when she did the eye-to-eye -eye contact looking sure. right into the lens. Sure. This is what you're going to get from VR that you can't get with other mediums. And in fact, you don't need your TV anymore. You can watch Netflix on Oculus Go, right. and when you put it on and get into the room, you're not seeing it in, in, in VR, but what you're in is you're in a really cool-looking personal home theater, and there's an eight-foot screen in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And the Oculus Go has ambisonic sound already, which is 6DOF sound. So in other words, I, my buddy in uh, San Francisco, Jonathan Bloom, who worked, now works for NBC uh, affiliate in, in San Francisco, did this great piece where he put the GoPro Fusion in the middle of a table and he had an acapella sound uh, group, acapella singing group, do an acapella song. And what happens with ambisonic sound is as you turn your head, the sound follows. Ooh. So can you imagine, you know, they're doing acapella and you're listening to the main singer on the left-hand side and it, you hear them on the left, but as you turn around, all of a sudden they're coming in and it sounds like they're behind your head. Or all of a sudden as you turn around the other way, they're on the right-hand side. The audio tracks with the video. Oh, that's amazing. So this is where everything's going. And this is, this, it's a brave new world for, for filmmakers, for storytellers, to be able to try and keep up with this and, and well, be able to I was to gonna it. ask you, you personally and professionally with the equipment and your, your company and everything out here, uh, I, I wasn't aware if you have done this yet, but are you going to be working in the film world with this stuff? I have not yet, but you know, a lot of films have picked up on this. Uh, Nicolas Cage just did a, a VR movie. Uh, Wesley Snipes has done a VR movie. So you've got what you've got is you kind of got you know kind of like the. You don't have A-list actors like Brad Pitt doing it yet. No, oh, Nicolas Cage is A-list. What are you talking uh, about? But the man won an have... Oscar. He's got range. I remember when Wesley Snipes was A-list. I like being in movies, Al. White man can't jump. Demolition That's right. man. That's right. Um, but, for instance, The Martian. They did a VR companion piece for The Martian. Oh, I thought they filmed the whole thing. I was going to be like, oh, no, what? They i got to go back and they watch They did that. a VR companion piece to where you can experience what it, what it was like for him being on Mars. Uh -huh. Okay, so is they're they're starting to integrate. They're they're the whole thing is is you know Hollywood is they're not very brave. Sure, Hollywood is actually very conservative and very timid, and they're really mostly for the most part they're afraid to take chances. They like to build themselves as taking chances. But the honest to god truth is, if you look at the recycle nature of what a lot of the films that we see now oh, are. Sure. Sure. They just take old films and they redo them over again. They regurgitate and them. They, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or they change the premise slightly. But yeah. they they take formulatic, uh, formula, formulum, formulaic, formulaic. Thank you very much. Yeah. Formulaic templates and basically recreate things in yeah. using those templates. Yeah. VR is something that is completely different, especially 360, because there is no place to hide. The first thing I tell people when I'm shooting 360 is if you can see the camera, the camera can see you. So you have to hide. So you're having to get behind things, you're having to camouflage yourself, or you're having to paint yourself out of the image after, right. in post. Um, so it's not an easy medium. And this is also where maybe 180 VR will help the medium along, because with 180, you Still only are shooting, it. yeah, you can have yeah. behind the scenes, you can have lights. You can have other you know, rest of your crew being there, um, and you can still create an environment, right. you know, an immersive environment. Uh, because mm. the fact of the matter is, is that if 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 the material is done properly, 
then you're only looking in one direction for the most part. You may look around a little bit, mm. but you don't completely look around. If you're doing something like a travel piece, then you probably want to shoot it in 360 because people want to see so, what's there, okay? Yeah. And I mean, 360, from a, from a consumer standpoint, it's the ultimate selfie. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to ask your friends to get all huddled together, especially when they're, you know, been running and sweaty and they're As nasty. And, just don't go near me, my God, you stink. <laughs> so you can just be wherever they are sure. and, um, and you can take a picture and you've got everybody in and you see where you are all around. Sure. So with all these challenges and as a storyteller, Sorry, what? I've been talking so much. I have to take a nap now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good night. Um, <laughs> what would you like to see come out of the hardware and software side that would make your life easier? Oh, that's, wow. That's, there are things that are already coming that I can't talk about that okay. are already, you know, beta programs that I'm working on that I already see are making my life it's going to make my it's already making my life easier. So issues you used to run into the, in the past they're going to be fixed on the yes, new iteration yes. so and and you guys can future. try to decode and, and that. I can't and I can't I can't talk about it and that's okay. sometimes very frustrating yeah. um you know there are there are 12k cameras coming out that do 3D 360 I mean after you know, a while the the amount of k doesn't, yeah. doesn't really boggle you, right? yeah, you know, after yeah. years, just Well <laughs> okay here's something to, like to that is very easy to wrap your head around if you're looking at a 4K image on a regular TV, you go, oh my God, that's beautiful. But if you take 4K and you wrap it around 360 degrees, but then eye. you're only looking at 100 degrees of it, it doesn't look so good. Mm. Plus the fact that it's two inches away from your face. You're kind of stretching so, it almost? Yeah, you are. Yeah. You're basically, you're wrapping that, that yeah. all the way around a 360 degree sphere. So you need a minimum of around 6K or higher. And actually, that's kind of the cool thing that we've already seen. Since the Oculus Rift, the Oculus Go came out, there's already been a firmware upgrade to where originally it could only do 4K videos. Now it's doing up to 5.7K, which practically speaking, that's 6K, mm -hmm. okay? Um, and actually there are applications uh, in, the, in, the, in the Go that will let you look at 8K. Okay. And what they're doing is, and this is it's so brilliant. I mean, you know, the minds that are thinking of this is fantastic. They're doing something called foveated rendering. And what that basically means is using eye tracking, they're figuring out where you're looking and they're sending all the bits to that area. So rather than full resolution all the way around the 360 degrees, they're giving you full resolution just in that area. So what that means is if you've got 8K coming through the pipeline, it doesn't have to try and display 8K all at once. It only has to display it in your immediate field of vision. So this is another thing that's already here. It's already being developed. It's only going to get better and better. So it uses less data when you've got Exactly. Because that's the whole thing is, you know, right now with the 4G pipeline, yeah. we ha only have, think of it, I always like to explain it as, as a water pipe. You can only fit so much water through that pipe because mm. it's just limited by the size that it is. Uh, once we get into 5G, everything's going to change. Is that a because bigger pipe? It's not only bigger, but it's like almost 10 times bigger. It's mm -hmm. ridiculously bigger. Mm -hmm. And the, the speed and the rate of being able to get information from one place to another to get those large amount of bits going from, from one transmission site to a phone, for instance, or to a headset, it's going to be like instantly. It's just going to be ridiculous how fast it is. That's really cool. So, I mean... 
what we're talking about, what do I think is going to come? I almost can't imagine it anymore because it's happening so fast. Right, it's it's, it's, like it's per- going tremendously. We're it's going parabolic. So fast. VR is not no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what the 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 trolls out there like to write about how VR is dying. They just don't know what's, what's coming. No, they just need to try and get somebody to to read their pathetic news. They're just uninformed. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking at the big picture. They're looking at a small little thing. The one thing that uh, they're being very coy about is Facebook will not say how many Oculus Go's have been sold. Uh. But kind of the general feeling and the, the you know the the without having to give away anything, it, it's doing very 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 well. Sure. You know, at two hundred dollars, it almost it's almost impossible not. To. Yeah, it's like having your own home theater for two hundred dollars. Really, it is. Yeah. So you've been a real sport and have given us a you know big good long lesson in three D and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, is there anything you'd like to tell the young filmmakers out there? Pass on some sage advice. Uh, don't be satisfied with what you have now. There's always something else out there, and open your minds and and I you know honestly. Um, I was so, one of the things that really hit me was when I, I, I just came back from a trip to China about a month ago and I got to do a, a 360 workshop with uh, Chinese creators. And those kids there were doing some amazing things that were just blowing me away. And I think, you know, that's the kind of adventurous spirit that I'd like to see everywhere. Oh, and, and, and I'm always available to, to talk to anybody and give them advice and, and you know, help them along with what they're doing. Because I love to, see, I love to speak, see people move forward and do things. Beautiful words. And if you'd like to keep up to date with what Al is doing, you can follow him on 3DGuyTV on Instagram. And then I'm on, on Facebook as yeah. Al Cadulo or 360 VR Voice. We'll, we'll a little down there. There you go. Well, I, I know I, for one, am excited to, to see what you come up with. And I'm also happy to be working with you on uh, a lot of your travel projects. Same here, and, same um, here. Yeah, really it's, informative. It's, Thank you so much for this, Al. My pleasure. It's a cool opportunity. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Al, Enjoyed it. My pleasure. Passion, Fruit yeah. Podcast, we out. Later.